0: It's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we deal with a few tips on how? Yes we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So stay tuned.
1: Mark. Hello.
0: Now, I'm going to not cheat and I'm going to say your whole name. Hello, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Mark Strachewski.
1: Hello, Tricia Lewis.
0: Uh, Lewis is so blinking simple, isn't it? Let's face it. Um, But how fabulous to have you on, Mark. And uh, people might well know you from your fabulously helpful podcast, which is, oh God, now I've got to say it again the Mark Strachewski Show. Um, and you are, in a nutshell, you kind of do time management productivity, but I would way rather you, in a nutshell, introduce what you do,
1: Mark. Well, I, my tagline on LinkedIn, which is by far my favorite platform, I encourage all your listeners to connect with me there or follow me there. I love LinkedIn. It says, I help people be productive in a distracted world, because as you know, Tricia, We live in a very distracted world. So my passion, my obsession is to help people be productive in this very distracted world we live in. And I do a show, as you mentioned, the Mark Chuchowski podcast. Now, I don't expect you to know how to spell my name. And so, dear listener, all you have to do is go to Mr productivity.com that's mr all spelled out and that'll redirect you to com. you're welcome and then you can find all the direct <laughs> links to your favorite podcast player right there on my website
0: and and i do show notes you know so it's all gonna it's all gonna be so easy to get to you mark and i think um that what you just said about this distracted world thing right let, let's let's start with that because the theme of this podcast listeners is being real as you grow your business now as lovely as that is and i am attempting to make it a little bit more you know tactical than just fluffy um it, it's also a thing that we have to be quite strict with ourselves on some of the more boring things and i know a lot of the listeners might be quite creative and you know <laughs> um spontaneous uh and might be picking at things like you know a kid in the sweet shop and especially as you grow your business and whoa only 24 hours in a day, everybody, only one you if you've just set up your business. So actually you do, As a, however boring it might sound, you do need to be a little bit strict on your time management. So Mark, for a start, before we get some nice juicy little tips, <laughs> how, I mean, did you just, you know, did you just walk along the road one day and think, I know what I'll do, I'll be a time management productivity guy?
1: Actually, when I was born, I, my first words said, were to my mom and dad, I want to be a productivity expert. <laughs> said me never. Now, what happened was in July of 2005, I was fired from my job here in Houston, Texas at a local hospital. I was in, uh, I was in inventory management. And I said, what am I going to do? Oh, I know I'll become an entrepreneur. So the first thing I wanted to be was a wedding and portrait photography, a photographer, which failed. But one thing that came out of that failed business was my love for speaking. Because remember, we're talking 2005, Facebook was brand new and there was no Instagram or Snapchat or anything like that. I think Twitter was around as well. And I wanted to promote my business unlike anyone else. So I went to one of my speaker friends, they taught me how to speak. The first time I spoke, my wife said to me, honey, you shouldn't be a photographer. You should be a speaker. You're a good communicator. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of like being on stage. So I didn't want to talk about photography. So I decided, okay, what can I talk about? So I'm going to share with you some of the topics I came up with that didn't go anywhere. One of them was from hopeless to hopeful. I don't know where I came up with that. So that went by the wayside. And then I came up with a topic about how to overcome roadblocks on your path to success. Note to self, when you're not successful, don't tell people how to be (laughs) successful. So one day I was on a phone call with one of my coaches and I was having a down day and he goes, what's going on? I'm like, you know, I really like speaking and training and consulting and helping people, you know, but I don't know what I, what I should talk about. What should my topic be? And he says, well, why don't you tell them how to be more productive? And I said, well, I don't know where that came from, but why would you say that? And he goes, well, you know, I have a lot of clients and you by far are one of the most productive people I know. You should share that gift with the world. And I said, well, isn't everybody productive? And after he got off the ground laughing, he said, no, a lot of people are very unproductive. And that gave birth to the productivity uh, angle of my life. So I kind of stumbled and bumbled into it, but I absolutely love what I do now.
0: You know, I love the share, that gift uh, idea because I've got this theory and I think it's almost scientific that the things that we're actually good at we completely overlook and undervalue. hmm sometimes we
1: can't see the forest for the trees we're busy doing our own life
0: and I I love that 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 sequence of events that you just described that tumbling and rumbling and mumbling about uh, is life that's Real and you know I, I always please don't think that people suddenly get up on a stage and they've got this great talk or whatever it is and they just literally came up with it overnight. It's been a journey.
1: And, yeah, and here's the one yeah. of the people to know. I really didn't settle into the wonderful world of productivity until about age 50. I'm 54 now. So mm-hmm. if anybody's listening to this show and go, oh my gosh, I'm 33. I don't know what I want to be. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay when your calling finds you, you will know it. So there's not a magic thing. You have to be know what you want to do when you're 21 or 31 or 51, whenever it presents itself to you, that's when you grab it. So I, I, I talk to a lot of people who are in their thirties and forties and they're, they're freaking out because they haven't figured out their passion yet. I'm like, Hey dude, you're still living you're still <laughs> sucking in breath. It's okay if you don't know what you want to be when you grow up. You don't have to have that done. Everyone thinks by 21 or 22, you have to know what you want to do. No, you don't.
0: Uh, Mark, I just want to put out there into the world that I'm 62. Um, uh, I started this podcast for a couple of months ago. <laughs> um, I, I set up my communication-y, coaching thing about three years ago so yeah you you're speaking to the converted on that one most definitely so yeah rumble and tumble your way through and it (laughs) uh, and something will come out there but don't but get that objective feedback get that have those conversations because you know you had that conversation and somebody came up with an idea that you might never have come up with so it, it, just a, another note you know do talk to people everyone uh like properly um right let's uh, let's delve down a bit then into this whole productivity malarkey um and i think there are two there are two sides to this i think it's your business not mine but <laughs> the way i see it is one of them is to do with your physical I mean, I'm a great proponent of talking about, you know, the mind-body connection, because obviously in anything to do with communication, any fears that you've got and all the rest of it, you have to accept the fact that your body and mind are connected and they're doing things to each other. So I, you do talk quite a lot, and I know you also do it yourself, about keeping fit and exercise and micro-breaks. Give, give us a bit on that.
1: Yeah, I am a daily runner. And that totally started on a whim. We had this devastating hurricane hit Houston back in 2017 called Hurricane Harvey. Dropped 51 inches of rain in most of Houston, flooded us out and whatnot. And during the height of the storm, I happened to read an article on runnersworld.com that said, what I learned from running one mile a day for 250 days. And it piqued my interest and I read it. And I said, you know, I could run one mile a day. And so As soon as the storm passed, August 29th, 2017, I started running every day. And now I run three miles a day. And today we're recording this on September the 12th. And I've run 745 consecutive days in the cold, in the heat, the rain. uh, Sometimes we get snow here in Houston very rarely. And when I didn't feel well, when the body wasn't physically well, I run every day. And I can tell you at age 54, I feel younger today than I did two years ago when I started my streak. So I really believe uh, you. if you really want to be a more productive version of yourself, you got to move every day. I don't care if you run, walk, jog, take the dog for a walk, go for a bike ride, swim, yoga, whatever. You've got to run or you've got to move every single day. We were designed, Tricia, to move uh, back in the days, way back. Let's go back pre-1800s. You walked everywhere. There was no tri- there's no you know subways, taxis, ubers, lifts, planes. you walked it. you want to go yeah. see your your grandma in another town. you walked, and so we have these legs, and we've become a very lazy society. A lot of people more in this age of our lives are overweight, are obese than ever in the history of the world, because we don 't exercise. We are so lazy and, and it 's not just to be physically fit, but when you are exercising every day they are now determining because my mom recently got diagnosed with late onset Alzheimer's they're saying that people who exercise on a regular basis may never get like dementia because they're they're correlating by you not exercising that the veins and the arteries in the head become supple when you become sedentary and they're finding out now that people who say somewhat active all their lives that they they may never get dementia my my grandmother had Alzheimer's my mother's got Alzheimer's but a neurologist said I may never get Alzheimer's because now there's no guarantees of course but because I'm so active mom and grandma were not active at all they didn't do anything to get their heart rate up and of course now to their defense back in those days and you know the 40s 50s 60s and 70s and 80s the only athletes took care of themselves mm-hmm. nobody knew now yeah. we know that you everyone needs to be taking care of themselves
0: yeah no absolutely and um yeah and just a, a, an aside there for people who's you know, have, have relatives with Alzheimer's who are saying, but they were really fit. And they used to, of course, like you just said, there are no guarantees and right. sometimes life is ridiculously cool. And, and and I'm not
1: a doctor either. So I'm just going no, back on it, the base exactly. of the
0: research. But, but I think, and, and I'm really lucky because I live by the sea, um, smug, smug me. And so I literally, before this interview, I kind of had a really full on day. And then I realised, you know what, I've got about 45 minutes. I can either continue doing all these various things that I'm doing uh, with my screen in front of me, or I can walk down the end of the road to look at the sea. So I walked down the end of the road to look at the sea. I looked at it. I looked right out. I loved it. I breathed. I did a really Swift walk back, trying to remember to hold my stomach muscles in. Um, and <laughs> I I just kind of um I I I also, and this is another another point, apart from the physical well-being bit, I get some of my best ideas when I am walking around the block. Mm-hmm. I I I don't there is, I think, science about uh, the whole kind of way your brain does things when you're walking. And well, at the end of the day also, you're not distracted. Um, you, it's weird, because you kind of are distracted because you're walking, you're not sat still, but there's something in that whole process. You p- hopefully haven't got your phone stuck in your face, um, you know, and, and your, your world opens up somehow, your brain opens up and it releases this nice, calm, uncluttered bit where the, the, the ideas, just emerge, don't
1: they? Yes. It's amazing that your best ideas will come when you're in the shower or you're exercising. Yeah. I think that it's the fact of your body moving and the blood circulating, and it really inspires action. If you sit in front of a computer and look at a blank screen and says, okay, I got to write an article. But you haven't moved it all that day. I think the best thing you could do is go for a walk or a run or take the dog for a walk, or whatever, because then ideas are going to start coming to your head. But that's what writer block, how you cure writer's block is get up and move. Don't you sitting in front of the screen saying, I'm not getting up from this chair until I write something, you may be there for a very long time. But if you get up and take a walk around the block, you may come back and oh, I got a great idea. And boom, you knock out the article.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, recommend that totally. Now, I recently read one of your, uh, no, what have we read, how can I read a podcast? I listened (laughs) to one of your podcasts, episode 439 to be precise, and it was entitled, Are you, you, the obstacle to productivity? And within (laughs) this fabulous episode, I think, well, I I jotted down, I think, three or four things, um, admit it, um, outsourcing, delegating, and eliminating. So uh, let's let's go to. Can we go to eliminating? Because I know you've got a story that you um, illustrated this with, and I want. Yeah, to- you
1: love this Zig Ziglar story you told me uh, before we started recording today. Um, the late Zig Ziglar, one of the world's best salesmen, told the story. He came home from his uh, from work or wherever he was, and he came home and he noticed his wife was preparing a ham, and and as she was preparing the ham. She was cutting off the end, and Ziglo, Zig goes, "Honey, wh- why are you cutting off the end of the ham?" And she says, "I don't know. Mom always did it." And Zig goes, "Well, let's call Mom." So they called Mom, and and they said, "Mom, why every time you prepare a ham, you cut off the end?" And she goes, "I don't know. Grandma always did it." So Zig said, "Let's call Grandma," and so they called Grandma, and they said, "Grandma, why every time you prepare a ham?" You cut off the end, and and Grandma said, "I don't know why you're doing it, but I had to do it because the pan was too small." <laughs> the, the point of that story is, are you doing things, dear listener, that you've always done, but don't need to be done anymore? Maybe technology has changed, maybe processes has changed, and that's the whole point of the story is to tell people, look it, you need to take a hard look at everything you're doing during the day. And think about what no longer needs to get done. I mean, we all have those things, Trisha, that we do and we do them on autopilot. But if we take a step back and we go, why am I doing this again? And if you can't come up with an answer, well, maybe you should eliminate, it, or maybe don't do it for a day and two days and three days and see what happens. But I think we go on autopilot with so many things during our day that they don't need to be done anymore, but they're so ingrained in our psyche that we just keep doing them over and over again. And we're like, We never stop to go, why am I doing this? Same with people in the corporate world. You know, they may have been trained this way three years ago, but that was three years ago or six months ago or a month ago. Maybe there's a better way of doing it, more efficient way of doing it. And But people don't want to stop and ask, why are we doing it this way? That's why when I have clients come to me and we get on the phone and we talk and, and I'll ask them, I'll say, okay, let me ask you a question. Why are you doing this way? Why are you doing it this way? And they're like, uh i don't know like well i think we need to address that i think we need to talk about why you're doing this
0: Mm, i i love that and and it's great if you can work with a productivity coach but meanwhile dear listeners you could just sit down and ask yourself that question yep (laughs) i i'm a great fan of the uh you know the five why exercise i don't know if you call it something different um but it's just the general principle of of making you dig down into what, hang on a minute so you get to a place where you say oh no good point um yeah that, that doesn't even make sense My, the, the, the problem that i had in the first place doesn't really exist because you know and you, you dug down into why 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 with every answer you've given you've questioned that one as well so you get to this place where you can almost laugh at yourself you think yes yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. So now there is a thing where you can save time and it is called, well, you can, I don't know what the, there's a slight difference, I guess you can explain between delegating and outsourcing.
1: Yes. I have a principle called the O'Day principle, which stands for outsource, delegate, automate, and eliminate, which we just shared about mm-hmm. the Ziglar story. And what I encourage people to do is to write down everything you do over a period of two days. Now, why two days? Because no two days are the same. And you just, you don't edit it. You don't think about it. You don't judge it. You just, when you go check your email, write check email. When you go on social media, you write, spend time on social media. Then what you do is after two days, you put the list aside and pretend as if you didn't even do it. And the fourth day, you schedule at least now run your schedule. And then, You take your list out, you go someplace distraction-free as possible, and you go through the list and go, okay, which of these things can be outsourced to another company, another vendor, whatever the case may be, and then actually outsource them. And then what things can be delegated? Okay, delegations usually to another person in your company. What sources, what are these things can be automated? Because we live in the, the world of automation. And we already talked about E, what can be eliminated. And then when you actually outsource, delegate, automate, and eliminate what you need to, now what's left over is what you need to do. And it should be a lot less because now you've already got rid of all the other stuff. Because we are trying to do too much. And a lot of things, like for example, let's say you have to do a spreadsheet. But Trisha, you hate, you hate, okay? Okay. But Susie down the hallway, she lives, breathes, and dreams about spreadsheets. Well, you're better off saying, hey, Susie, can you do the spreadsheet for me? She'd probably love the opportunity to do another spreadsheet because there are nerds like that who love doing stuff like that. And so that's what I'm saying. Take the stuff that needs to be done by you, but you are not really good at it. And just give it to someone else who really is really good at it. And then you work on the things that you can do that you're really good at. And a lot of people don't do this, especially entrepreneurs, and small business owners. They go, well, I don't, I'm a control freak. I don't want to let it out. I, I got to keep everything within me. And the problem is that's great if you're doing one thing or two things. But when you have to start doing 10, 15, 20 things, well, you can't keep all these plates in the air.
0: No, Some
1: plate's going to fall and break. <laughs>
0: that's that 's very, very true. Um, i I speak as living sort of proof of that now you see um, I love that, and I will definitely be putting that in the show o day o d a e outsource delegate automate, eliminate. I love it um, so and you are quite right to mention the control freak thing uh, because that 's certainly <laughs> a lot of solopreneurs, and small business owners just starting out really panic about. So, so be picky about what it is that you hand over. Um, I'm, I am. My, my husband is kind of reducing his hours, um, and I've said, "Great, you can do my spreadsheety type stuff," because he's a business analyst and he is one of those glorious nerds, and he actually enjoys it. So, result. Um, and I, and I don't think I'm going to suddenly have everything go, you know, um, crazy because I've just delegated that little thing um so yeah do you know what i also think if you right i would describe myself as somebody who's quite good at multitasking there are others uh like my husband for instance who likes to do things in a much more (laughs) structured way which is why we make such a good couple and (laughs) um I, I, I think there's a there's pros and cons on both of those because I think the multitasker people, um, the spontaneous people as well, as I describe myself, feel like they're coping. Because you know, I can I can juggle and think, yep, yeah, nope, done that. Now I'm gonna do a social media thing, now I'm gonna write that blog, now I'm gonna get now I'm seeing a client, now I've got a meeting here, now get now. I'm gonna, and we kind of think that's okay, we can do this. How clever of us. But you know the risk of something big crashing in that is huge and then on the other side you've got the introverts who maybe are are, are getting too perfectionist I'm saying introverts that's not what I mean but you know perfectionists who are are trying to complete something too much before they maybe take on something else so I blabbered on there Mark but do you get do you get the drift what I'm on about?
1: Yeah. Before I talk about multitasking, I just want to tell the listener that I I did a whole episode on the O'Day principle. It's episode 407 and I'll, I'll give you the link after the show. You can put in the show notes, but it is episode 407. So multitasking has been proven by neuroscientists. These are people are really, really smart people. I mean, they have degrees and lots of letters after their name and they spend a billion dollars in, in college loans and whatever. Um, Your brain cannot multitask, okay? That has been scientifically proven, okay? can't. What's happening is, because the brain can only do one thing at a time. That's Mm -hmm. it, okay? What's happening is the brain is switching between tasks so quickly, you think you're doing multitasking, but you're really not, okay? And here's what science has proven. This is not my opinion. This is what neuroscience has proven. If you're working on one thing, your efficiency is 100%. Now, if you start checking email while you're on a podcast interview, I'm not doing this, Trisha. I'm just using (laughs) Now, the efficiency goes down. It could be 80% on both or 70%, doesn't matter. But let's say I'm checking email. I'm also on social media and I'm also talking to you. Now, the efficiency goes down to like 50%. The more things you try to do at the same time, your efficiency across all of them keeps decreasing. So, the more you do, the less efficient you are. They have proven science has proven it's better for you to complete a task and then go to the next task than it is to switch back and forth to them. So it's better for me to be fully present in this interview. And then when I'm done, then I check email. And mm-hmm. then when I'm done, I go do something else. But people seem to think, oh, I can't do that. Look at whether you can or can't, it doesn't matter. Your brain can't do it. Okay. Your brain. It's been proven by science. Very, very smart people who have studied the brain very deeply. Your brain cannot do more than one thing at a time. So we're fooling ourselves yeah. when people say, oh, I multitask. No, you don't. No, you don't. What you're doing is your efficiency for everything you're doing is suffering. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that, that's, that's a fair point. I think it's really interesting because as listeners might know, my, my, I, I'm an actor. And within that process it's it's weird cuz uh, you you would know this from being a speaker that in a way it is like you're doing a couple of things at once because in a way you are fully present as you should be if you're doing a good speaking engagement you're out there you're engaging your audience you're totally there with what you're saying but actually you do have another part of you um sort of swimming away underneath which is the bit that will say things like oh gee that powerpoint's not working or oh gee something just fell off in the theatre um uh you know somebody's just fainted um but what what am i going to do in that and all of this is kind of going on on a and it's the same for an actor you know you, you things happen and ultimately you're remembering a script you're remembering cues and all the rest of it and yet you're fully present um and so that clearly isn't multitasking that's something else do you know what we're gonna have to do a research thesis on this
1: <laughs> thesis you just scared me that uh, shiver yeah. went under my back
0: no, no. i know i'm gonna leave that one open because i think that's I, I i might explore that a bit more but do you know do you know what i mean as a speaker who's that as a speaker, do you know what I mean about having this sort of two levels going on?
1: Oh, yeah. But I also know that if I am giving a presentation and I don't use any visual aids, I don't use slides or any of this stuff. I just go out there and just speak. If I stop and let's say I have got four points and I can't remember the fourth point. If during point three, I'm thinking about point four, I start stumbling and I start losing my place. Oh, I start yeah. Yeah. so what I do is I just keep going on first of all the audience is going to go wait what about point they're not going to do that so what I do I have so much energy when I speak I just keep going with it yeah I do and the way home I'll tell my wife man I forgot a couple things she goes no one knows no one knew I mean yeah. if they really want my 100% attention they're going to hire me as a coach or something like that um, you, you've, but, you've
0: clearly never had anyone have a heart attack in your audience I I, I have and that that's kind of what I mean you have to oh. this is kind of no, I never it's had that. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't to do with my performance. Unfortunately, they survived and everything was well. But that—that's a good place to end this uh, chat. I don't know how I got on to We started so well with the whole. Yeah, let's up. not
1: start. Let's it, not talk about death. I mean, <laughs>
0: I know, I'm sorry about that. More. Um, so that was blinking useful i mean how many real practical tips apart from all the insight stuff have we got there loads is the answer to that so mark before we wrap up um just remind people again the best places to get you
1: to get me go to mrproductivity.com that's mr all spelled out that'll take you to my website markstruchowski.com you're welcome there you can find out about my coaching you can find about any other service i have you can sign up for my email newsletter which i send out strategies every week and how to be more productive and at the bottom of my page are all the links to everywhere i'm on social media please reach out to me i'm one of these people i'm not big like a big like gary Gary Vaynerchuk or Grant Cardone or Tony Robbins. If you reach out to me, I will reply. So I love to hear from people. So go find me on social media and send me a DM. I would love to hear from people. If you have a question about something I said today, if you just want to say hi, I really love um, talking to people like that.
0: Yeah, I love that. Uh, So have you done your run for today?
1: Yes, ma'am. I did. Day 745. (laughs)
0: um to remind you're in houston Houston, is it houston or houston of course houston
1: houston Houston, texas
0: houston thank you um i this has been lovely thank you so much uh maybe you'll come back again someday and uh we'll flood our listeners with even more tips but wow (laughs) fabulously useful great talking to you enjoy the rest of your day thank
1: you so much for having on the show
0: take action Try this one small step, two things. First of all, check that you're not still doing something a certain way just because that's the way it's always been done, Mm -hmm. remember the story. And secondly, is there anything, just think about this, is there anything you can delegate out without feeling like you're going to lose complete control Is there something that isn't your top skill that means that you'd be using your time far more wisely if you let someone do it who loves doing it? lot of fascinating stuff. You might need some show notes. So head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast to download those and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available. I give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it. Look forward to the next episode.